This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, it's 7.06. It's a lovely Wednesday morning, somewhat misty. I'm just going to say misty rather than hazy. Uh, it is 15th of November and you're listening to The Morning Run with Philip C. And I'm Wang Xiaoning. Now, in about 30 minutes, we'll be speaking to Chong Jalian from the National University of Singapore on his expectations of APEC 2023. But let's recap how global markets closed yesterday. US markets were all in the green as I think traders were covering their shorts. The Dow was up 1.4%, S&P 500 up 1.9% and Nasdaq up 2.4%. Over in Asia though, decidedly mixed. The Nikkei was up 0.3%, Hong Kong's Hang Seng down 0.2%, Shanghai Composite up 0.3%, Singapore's STI marginally down 0.07% and back home, FBM KLCI up 0.5%. So, for some insights as to where international markets are heading, we speak to Jack Kuzi, Director for Strategy at the FS Group. Morning, Jack. Your company name can be a bit of a mouthful. But shall I... I want to start with NVIDIA because the share price hit an all-time high. I think it's been up 10 days so far. Are you a Mm. believer of this stock? Um, With NVIDIA, the golden stock, uh, part of the Magnificent Seven, Interesting couple of months for NVIDIA if we look back on it. It reports, um, and we're due for earnings call again uh, in six days, I believe, November 21 is the the day. It reports, um, you know, almost three months ago and then falls really for two weeks straight after the report, even though it was quite a good report. And then I guess, you know, 10 to 12% retraction on NVIDIA, the bulls come back in, we buy it up, and then we have the announcement and news about China and the curbing restrictions on the chips to China. Uh, we have another pullback, and then they come in. I mean, it's hard to go past this stock, isn't it? Mm. If you want to talk about, we'll talk about building a portfolio for AI, right? We all, all know AI is going to change the world. It's going to change the way companies are done. It's going to change the stock market. Uh, and we, we get ahead of ourselves sometimes when we get these new booms or new technology waves. But if you were going to build a core portfolio for AI, NVIDIA is probably your first stock, really, because you need the hardware to power AI. And at the moment, the only game in town is really NVIDIA. Yes, they have rivals. Yes, they have competitors. But it is the best chip. Um, They have multiple chips for certain areas of AI. Uh, You talk about the next wave of AI, when it's going to be an enterprise. Well, they're going to need NVIDIA chips. Um, we saw some really good moves over there in the last couple of days where they brought out three new chips just for the Chinese market to get around, um, I guess, the AI, the chip restrictions. Uh, so, you know, when you're building a model portfolio or a core portfolio now for the future, you know, in the last 10 years, we often, and I've talked about this a lot, you often talked about the mega cap tech stocks, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about Apple and Microsoft and Amazon. But you talk about NVIDIA now, it's there with that big four or five. Um, So I can understand the rally uh, into the earnings because the last couple of earnings have been amazing. And and I I anticipate that they're going to outperform again. Um, And there's just so much runway for this company in terms of demand for their chips that we really aren't near capacity. So, yes, it's a phenomenal stock. It's phenomenally run and I'm not surprised people are buying it. Are you a believer of the other Magnificent Seven? So you've got Alphabet, Amazon, Apple, Meta, Microsoft and Tesla. Who's your top your, your top three favourites? 
Yeah, I got to say, I'd say Microsoft at the moment. Um, enormous amounts of cash. You know, 145 billion, I think it was, in cash. Uh, you know, you talk about being having a first mover advantage in AI. They certainly have that. You know, we talk about this enterprise expansion of AI around cloud and data centers. Well, who's best positioned to do that? It's Microsoft. Um, you know, the software they use or all companies around the world use in terms of Outlook and LinkedIn and Skype, et cetera. So that would be my second pick. And it's my third pick is not going to be Apple at the moment. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Um, but I'd probably say uh, Amazon. I mean, you're paying 20 times forward PE earnings, probably the cheapest out of the Magnificent Seven. Um, great, enormous cash flow. Uh, again, you've got that cloud division, which is, you know, going to grow in terms of enterprise. Um, and you've got obviously their e-commerce arms and I really like what they're doing. Um, they're also increasing their margins. So the one thing to watch about Amazon is they're no longer hell bent on delivering your package within 90 minutes of you clicking the button on, on the Amazon e-commerce, which, you know, they're, they're kind of loosening those because they've got such uh, market dominance. Um, I think that'll improve their margins uh, going forward. So that would be my three picks going forward. Well, tell you, Jack, tell you what's not magnificent, all price. Uh, where's your stake? Where's, what's your take on all price, you know, in view of the geopolitical events taking place in the Middle East? Yeah, it's funny, right? So, um when the horrific incident happened uh, in the Middle East in Israel on October 7, um, oil price jumped 4% that night or, or that morning um, off the back of it. And then it consecutively went down for the whole month. Uh, I think it was down like, you know, double digit, depending on what you were looking at, West Texas, et cetera, you're looking at about 9 to 12% retraction in that month of October in terms of oil price. If I was going to play the market, I would be short oil. Um, and there are a couple of reasons. Uh, I can't see the issues of the Middle East expanding uh, into other regions or into other countries. I mean, the only, I guess, plausible expansion could be to Israel's north, uh, to Lebanon, um, but I really can't see it moving from those territories that we're currently in. Um, you know, Israel and Palestine, they're not major oil exporters or importers. Um, and when we look at oil, it's really determined by, you know, one country, and that's the kingdom. I mean, it depends on what the Saudis want to do in relation to pumping barrels out in OPEC+. Plus. So, you know, while the economy is resilient in the US, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't think demand for oil is going to be, you know, increasing somewhat compared to what it's been in the last couple of years. So, you know, oil is not a place or energy is not a place I'd want to be, um, particularly going into the year end. Jack, last night, CPI data from the US was better than <coughs> expected. The number came in lower. As a result, bond yields dropped, markets rallied. Are you a believer that the Fed is done with raising rates? No, no, not yet. Um, but I'm a believer that this probably creates, you know, clear, clear, clear runway to the end of the year. Um, you know, if you were concerned about the Santa Claus rally, I think this really cements the Santa Claus rally. I mean, I know anything could happen, but, you know, what's to stop the market in the next six weeks? You know, what, what, what can we see? You know, other than geopolitical events, you know, we're at the end of earnings. Um, inflation is clearly coming down. Um, you know, the Fed is winning that. We're clearly on a pause. Uh, we saw 30-year home run rates come down off the back of the inflation numbers. 
So we're, we're getting to that 2 to 3%. Um, and then the worrying sign about any of those inflation numbers last night was the services inflation. Uh, but that can be, a, you know, the, the end of the tale. You know, some economists will tell you, you know, services inflation is the last creep up of inflation when you get, you know, a long-term inflationary period. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, the Fed is clearly winning at this moment. Um, I'm yet to believe that we're completely paused, but we're definitely paused now, I'd say, to January or February next year, which gives us a clear runway for the market. So still a lot of cash on the sideways. You alluded to before I came, you know, possibly some reversing of some shorts. Um, you know, I think 4,600, 4,700 on the S&P 500 by year end is not out of the question at all. All right. Thank you so much for your time. That was Jack Cousy, Director for Strategy at VFS Group, telling us he's expecting 4,600, 4,700 by year end. We are already almost at 4,500 for the S&P 500. As for the Magnificent 7, he likes NVIDIA, Microsoft and Amazon. It's time to prepare the stockings because Santa Claus will be visiting your home anytime soon. I hope he makes a big deposit in my house. Uh, drop off anyway. Yeah, because I want my presents. But let's turn our attention to home Depot because somewhat a barometer of how the US consumer is doing. Uh, their net income, however, fell 13% to 3.81 billion US dollars from 4.34 billion US dollars a year earlier. Revenue also fell 3.1% to just 37.7 billion US dollars from 38.9 billion US dollars. But it was still better than the Wall Street expectation of a 3.31% fall. Same store sales for items over $1,000 did however fall 5.2%. So what's the cause in the fall of sales, right? Firstly, of course, you've got the high interest rates which are weighing on consumers' abilities to finance purchases. You have that shift in consumers' budget priorities to experiences, which is this allusion uh, what Jack was alluding to, right, this shift to services, perhaps the last bastion of inflation will be services. And the third factor, of course, driving this fall in sales, really lower commodities pricing driven by drops in lumber and copper that has resulted in lower ticket sizes. But, you know, footfall traffic has fallen by 2.5%, higher than expected by 1.27%. If you contrast it to the revenue expectations, perhaps the digital sphere has actually held it up pretty well. Okay, so what does the company expect? They have actually narrowed their full year guidance. They now say sales and comparable sales is going to decline by 3 to 4% compared to the previous 2 to 5% range. Uh, so forward risk includes a slowdown in home sales, macro headwinds weighing in on home improvement projects, and of course, increased competition. If you ask me, the rate increases inflation, yeah. rising cost of living, maybe uncertainty about your jobs is affecting people's decision to spend money at Home Depot. You might put off any home improvements because it's not a current, uh, there's no urgency for it versus let's say post-COVID where there was a bit of revenge spending and everyone wanted mm, to improve their homes because yeah. they were stuck there. So that might result in, uh, this might have resulted as to why Home Depot is trying to be a little bit more conservative. So, and you can see that reflected on in the street because it's somewhat divided in terms of the buyer and hold calls. Currently 20 buys, 17 holes and just two sales. Consensus target price for this so 331 US dollars and 99 cents. Last done, it was actually up 15 US dollars and 56 cents to 303 US dollars and 63 cents. Let's squeeze in one more story because there is the Dubai Air Show and 
bumper sales for Boeing, isn't it, Philip? Plenty. I mean, they had huge order deals. I think the biggest deal came from Emirates with about $52 billion from them. They secured a 125 Boeing wet, uh, white body order of 55 Boeing 777-9s and 35 777-8s. Emirates also took five extra Dreamliners, uh, which are the 787s, while Fly Dubai, which is a sister company, ordered 30 of the same type in its first ever long-haul order. A big win for Boeing. When are they going to get the planes, though? <laughs> right? Everyone just is all... That's the supply chain issue, right? And that yeah. explains why your ticket prices are pretty high because of the supply-demand uh, dynamics happening here. Boeing up almost 9% on a year-to-date basis. If I look at the analyst recommendations, do they like this stock? Uh, the answer is yes, 22 buys. Eight holes, no sales. Consensus target price for this stock, $238.36. It was up $2.93 to 207 U.S. dollars Well, it's arch-rival Emirates. Uh, Airbus, sorry, isn't doing so well because Emirates has ruled out an immediate deal to purchase its flagship A350-1000 due to concerns over its engines. Okay, so very quickly, does Airbus share the same fortunes as Boeing in terms of recommendations? Yes, two. 20 buys, five holes, two sells. Consensus target price for this, sorry, €148.76. Last done, €131.64, up $140. This stock is, of course, listed in France. Amdex will be covering the top stories in the newspapers and portals this morning. Stay tuned for that, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.